is going to come out of the book of Luke, chapter 24, through, uh, chapter 24, starting in verse 44, and run all the way into that chapter. Uh, as you turn in your Bibles to that location, uh, let me bring up a couple things. This is the day we celebrate the session of the Lord. Next week, Pentecost. Everybody's going to wear what? Red. Don't wake up. Red. Pentecost, the life of the church. Uh, next week at the 9 o'clock, we'll do it at both. The graduates will be here at the 9 o'clock service. Uh, we'll honor the graduates. We'll have their pictures. If you have a child graduating, or if you are a child graduating, or a young man or a young lady, uh, please give the pictures to the church office so she can get them to Christian uh, before Sunday morning, uh, probably before Friday morning for Christian's sake, and he will load them up for us on the PowerPoint or on the slide for us there. The 30th, real quick, is Memorial Day. Uh, we will have at both services. The 11 o'clock is going to be a little bit different than the 9 o'clock. Uh, but afterwards, there's lunch. Uh, Larry, I think, is doing pulled pork. Larry Allen is doing pulled pork. And then what we need the church to do is bring side dishes. Uh, beans, coleslaw, things like that, and uh, banana pudding. Uh, you know, little things like that. Uh, so that there. I think I've covered everything that we need to talk about real quick there. <clears throat> As Tammy did her thing on the session, the Lord, the Lord goes. And he had to go because he sent the promise. The promise of the helper is the Holy Spirit. And that's what Pentecost was about, and the Holy Spirit next week. So let us read our verse from Luke chapter 24, starting verse 44. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, This is the written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and Remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses to these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are you are received the holy the holy power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hand and he blessed them. Now it came to pass. While he was blessing them, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Uh, the first part I want to talk about there, he opened their minds to the scriptures. He gave them an early taste. He says they still have to receive it totally at Pentecost Day next week. And we're going to wear what next week? Thank you. All right. Don't be coming. Let's go red. Uh, but so we go along there. Uh, he goes along and he opens their mind to the scriptures. Uh, most people cannot understand the Bible because their mind is closed off to it until, until they accept the Christ. As the Lord and Savior, I'm going to go as far as being baptized, but maybe not quite that far, but until they accept the Lord Jesus Christ and they have the Holy Spirit in them. If they have the Holy Spirit in them, most people don't totally understand the Scriptures. Too often we judge the outside world 
Uh, they're not living biblically. Yeah, you're right, because they don't have the Holy Spirit that lives inside them. And we'll talk a little more about that next week. But so we'll go along there. Because when he opens their minds to the scriptures, let me add one more thing here, then we'll move on with it. So we'll go along. Have you ever read a Bible verse that just flat doesn't make sense to you? Just flat doesn't make sense to you. Let me give you a piece of advice. Write it down. Lord, I don't understand. And write it down. Start praying about it. I promise you, if you continue to read your Bible, the God will reveal the meaning of that scripture. There is nothing hidden. All the answers are in the Word of God. All the answers, it's a treasure. We have to dig to the treasure with that. And so then he tells them that you need to be, go out and be a witness. You need to go out and be a witness to the things going on. And Jesus himself is setting the example of being that witness. He starts off, he says, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. And the things that must be fulfilled that are written in the law of Moses. And in the prophets, in the Psalms, concerning me. Okay, remember all that study you did in the past? That was all about me coming. And this is where Nicodemus, he gets on to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, in the John chapter 3 area there. He goes, oh, you're a teacher. You're the master teacher of the whole law. And you cannot comprehend what I am here doing. You just can't comprehend that. And so we go along. He asked them to be a witness. One of the things I do for sermon writing, I have sermons worked out all the way through July 11th now, is I start praying and I start gathering notes, if you will, the things I read Bible, the things come up, Bible studies and devotions and listening to the radio. Audrey, uh, let me show you something. Audrey and Rogers, I think I got that name right. Audrey Rogers, on Wax Radio. 101.1. Wax Radio, he sat there and he was preaching on this very subject. I'd probably be wise just to record the subject and play it. It'd have been probably a lot better sermon. But he goes along. He says, You're called to be a witness. You're called. That's our mission. The church has one mission and one mission only is to be a witness of Jesus Christ. There is no other function of the church. Other than being a witness to be in the hands and feet of the, and the love of Jesus Christ to everyone. Matthew tells us this way, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 says, Go out into the world and make disciples. How do you make disciples? You witness to them. You share what goes along. And so think of a courtroom, if you will, real quick. This is Audrey Rogers right there. He says, There's a difference between the lawyers, the judge, the jury, and the witness. If you're called to be a witness, you're summoned to be a witness. Maybe you witness a car crash or something, or maybe something's going on, and you're called to be a witness. You don't get to ask questions. You don't get to cross-examine. The only reason you're on the stand is to tell people, is to tell people what you know. What you have seen, what you have felt, and what you know. That's it. We're not called to argue with anybody. It's not our job. In fact, I promise you this. You start you get into an argument about the Word of God or something, a non-believer, just shut it off right there because you're getting nowhere fast. In fact, you probably turn people further away. You turn people further away. And so we're used to be a witness. That's all. It's that simple. It's just to tell people about Christ. There's a great praise song that I can't think of the guy that sings it now, but I'm just a nobody wanting to tell somebody about the love of God. That's it. That's all our whole job is. Our whole job is. When you're, uh, when you're an up-and-coming preacher, 
as I was, old, but a lot younger than I was now, getting ready to retire from the Air Force. Funny thing is, I'll ask you to go speak in different places. No preacher, nobody wants to speak no more. Uh, and, and so they go along, and I was asked this one church several times, but every other quarter, because uh, we had a men's monthly meeting on Thursday night. And, and so the first time I ever spoke at this church, this guy, uh, we'll call him Big Mac. That was his nickname, Big Mac. I get done my little segment on whatever I was preaching on or talking on. And he gets up, I'd like to share my testimony. And he was a retired uh, chief master sergeant in the air. He's been retired for a long time. He said, back in my day when I was in the military, I used to drink heavily. I used to beat my wife. I abused my wife. I abused my children. And he ran on all the bad things he did until the day he accepted Jesus Christ. And how Jesus had changed his life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And how he got counseling and all the, all the Christian friends in the church. How he started doing the church all the things along. Well, it was a, four or six months later, I was asked to speak at that church again. They paid you to pay you, so I was awfully willing to go. And so we go along. We go along, and I'm there. And so I'm there. I go along, and God goes, I'd like to tell my Big Mac again. I'd like to tell my testimony. And he goes through the whole same thing over again. He's the same man. And somebody says he does this every time, every month. We have a speaker, he does this. And so being me, uh, then I had less political correctness than I have today. I'm still suffering from that disease, by the way. Uh, no political correctness. I said, Big Mac, in front of all these people, about 30 people. I said, that's a great testimony, but what is God doing in your life today? What's he doing in your life today? The man was utterly speechless. Could not, could not tell me anything good that had happened to him except his moment of salvation, which is a good story, by the way. So we, as a witness, as a witness, you know, it's the old uh, hymn song, that you know, I'll cling to your work the cross, and I love the song, I love the theology goes with it. But the cross is not the stopping point, people. The cross is not where we go when we get saved. We're just going to sit around the cross until Jesus comes and gets us. The cross is the doorway to a new life. The doorway to a new life, a new way of living, a new way to be. To be a witness for Christ. And when you run out of energy, come back to the cross and remember your first love, what Christ has done for you. Be filled up with the Holy Spirit and get back out in the world. And be a witness for God. Be his witness for God. And we see what the Holy Spirit, Christ's death, resurrection, his ascension, and his and the Holy Spirit coming, which is next week. Peter, Acts, Acts, the whole first part of Acts is great. Peter comes along and, and right after he starts right after Pentecost starts preaching in the in the temple area. And, and the Pharisees and the Sanctuary say, Isn't that an unarmed man? That's a nice way of saying that idiot can't read or write. And look at the power in which he speaks. And then Peter go into great theological depths and everything. No, he spoke what he was witness to. I lived with Jesus. I've seen the miracles, all the miracles that he did. I was there when you hung him on the cross. He gave a witness to his life with Jesus. We look later on in Acts 7. Stephen there, same thing. And he boldly proclaims the Lord. Paul falls to the master's throne, and Jesus comes to him. And after that moment, Paul. 
didn't speak with eloquent speech. Paul was a very educated man. I didn't speak with eloquent speech. I spoke at a level in which they could understand. And he told us today, you know what? You can't tell some guy, but when you're wrong, let me tell you about him. And he went on to be a witness of what he had seen and what Christ had done for him. Many times you see in Paul's story, I was a zealous for the law. In fact, I killed people because I believed in the law and so on. But God changed me, forgave me of my sins. And now look at me. I'm on fire for God. And I'm, and I'm going on. Last, last Friday, we got out, or Saturday, the first, every other Saturday, except for this week, it'll be June 5th at 9.30, we got men's prayer breakfast going on. Just men, we eat and we pray and try to keep it at an hour. It's going along. Fred Clifford was there, and he did the devotion yesterday out of Isaiah. And he made this comment, so I wrote his comments down. Isaiah chapter 1, we start at verse 2. Oh, hear, heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not consider. And Fred went on to say, this is as funny as could be. He says, the dumb animals know what to do and do. And the smartest beings that God created cannot comprehend and do what we're supposed to do. Think about that. The dumb animals. Animals, they, they know exactly what to do. They know where to go. They know the master. They, they go along. And, and so we look at that. They go along. He says, but, uh, he says, but the Lord spoke, I have nourished and brought you up. And, uh, uh, oh man, he said, there goes along. He's talking about Israel. Here, Israel. But now let's change that around. But Larry, but John, I'm not going to pick on any of the women. Kevin, I'm smarter than that. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know the purpose that God has set before you? And are you being a witness by the way you live? That's difficult. That is real difficult. The other day, uh, we went on this ride to uh, Cedar Key with the CMA. And we get there, and these people, other biker group, took our table. Some people were upset. And then somebody in that crowd, I don't remember who was acting in that crowd, said, remember the patch we are wearing and what it represents. Love. Love. We're, we're Christian bikers. It's love. And, and so we go along. We had to do that. We had to do that. And, and you know, Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, 15, also 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Paraphrase kind of both of those together. God said it, you know, Paul there goes along and tells us, Peter or Paul, whoever's talking on one of those, said there and says, when, you're, when people say, what's your hope? Why do you have hope? Give the reason for your Give me a witness. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 24 that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. If you watch the Middle East, it's because we're on the brink of a World War III through what's going on in the Middle East today. Wait, one person brought the news. And we will all be encompassed in this. And Jesus says there's going to be wars, there's going to be rumors wars, but don't be shaken. Don't worry about it because these things must happen until I return. So don't worry about what the news is going on. Don't worry about that. What I need you to do is go out and be a witness. Go out and be a witness to me about all the things. The world is going crazy. We're going along there. 
And so my question is, how can we be a witness? What do I need to do to be a witness? Number one, you cannot be a good witness if you do not know the Word of God. You must study it, dig in it. Sunday morning is not enough. Bible study is not enough. How often do you eat? So we don't want to answer that question in my house. But how often do you eat? If you sat there and said, I've got to read a chapter every time I get to go to the refrigerator and get something to eat, I would have read the Bible too many times by now. In this week, probably. I would have read it two or three times by that for this time. Go on. But number one, we've got to say the word of God. And then God says, and at that moment when you're on trial, at that moment you're on trial, I will bring back the scriptures to your mind. But if you don't study it, you have nothing to recall. Nothing to recall. <clears throat> number two, it might have should have been number one, but we should say it's not in order. Pray. Pray before you read, pray. Why you read, pray after you read. Pray. Paul says, pray without ceasing. Pray. If you don't have a relationship with God, and that's how we build our relationship with God, and that's through prayer. And it's not this fancy prayer, oh dear Lord, thy king in heaven, and thou is so, so great, and I am so puny, and good. No. Hey God, this is what's going on. Hey God, I'm about to go ride a motorcycle. I need to keep the rubber on the road and the shiny side up. Can you help me here? Hey God. One of my friends is suffering. Their marriage, finances, health. I need the Holy Spirit. That would touch me to touch them. Give me the words of wisdom to say as I'm there. Number three, monitor, see what God is doing around you. And this is the back of the story with Big Mac. He could not, the first couple times when him and me had a lot of talks afterwards, what is God doing in your life today? Well, I don't know. Are you here? Did you get up? Did you put your feet on the floor? Were you able to put your pants on or dress with your woman and a shirt and whatever, however you dress the guy here? Obviously you did. Praise the Lord for that. Because there's some today that that didn't happen. There's some today that are headed to Carson McLean or Music Funeral Home. There's some today that are in the hospital. There's some today that their life has forever been changed, a stroke, a heart attack, or something else. They can no longer do Praise your God today. Man, I'm able to put my pants on, my shirt, you know, and everything's kind of functioning normal. It hurts a little bit, but it's functioning normal. And one of the things I like to do number four is I journal, because I cannot remember anything. The greatest lie I tell myself, I remember that. If you don't see me write it down, I've forgotten how I've got any presence. I got a big book, I journal, journal, journal. And when I pray, this is when prayers are being answered, I go back. This is a military thing. I put CW, C slash W, complied with. Praise the Lord, God. That prayer that I've been praying for has been answered. I promise every person sitting in this church today, I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. Uh, and, 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 and something going on about there. Number uh, five. Be involved. Every time somebody goes on a trip, and the other day I was talking to a couple people, and Isaac had just taken some of y'all, some of you have been here for a while, to Mexico. And they were to share with me, I met that, 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 that mission trip to Mexico, and then other places to go. You gotta be involved. You gotta be out into the world. You gotta be out in the world. To be a witness, soaking up and learning. 
you, you learn from reading the word, but going on. By, by, you know, I like the airline pilots and the definition there. So an airline pilot, we always said, what do you want them to read the book and try to fly the airplane? The moment that something goes wrong? Or way ahead of time? Let me tell you, extensive training for pilots, of all pilots. You know, first, they're giving the manual to the airplane. They're expected to know every system on that airplane. Second, they get into a simulator that is exactly like that airplane. And they have thousands of hours of training to go through because when something goes wrong, you cannot pick up the book and read it. I promise you this. And then they're put into the right seat. And they're given a lot of practice because they got an experienced left seater pilot. It's only when this guy over here it's about 1,500 hours of flight time in the right-hand seat. Only when this guy over here says, Johnny or Sally or whoever it is, it's good to go, take command, and then start the training process for somebody else. So what that is, you need to practice. You need to practice. The CMA, the Christian Motorcycle Organization, has the best, I tell you what, the best evangelism program out there. I've done the Bill Fay, How to Share Jesus Without Fair Without Fear. I've done many of these other programs. Bill Fay was the second best one. And I use that one all the time, but that would require you to have them read the Bible from going along. CMA, Christian Motorcycle Association, share your faith in two minutes or less. Where was I? What was going on in my life? What did Jesus do? How did Jesus intervene? And what was the future of life? <clears throat> Back to Big Mac. You know, I was a horrible person. I beat, I drank, I was a womanizer, I've done all these bad things. God, that's great. And that, that may be the story that needs to be told at the time of somebody going through that. But you know what? That particular day, the story I need to be told, what's God doing in your life today? Man, you're not struggling my marriage. Anybody over here not struggling with marriage? It's marriage. Uh, you're not doing it right if you're not struggling. Uh, uh, my marriage, my kids, my finances, something. God brings people into your life that a struggle that you have already gone through. How many times have you seen a cancer patient that has been healed or on the verge of being healed that has gone through cancer for a while? Who's <clears throat> God bringing your life? Bringing right cancer patients. So that person could be a witness. I'll call anonymous or, or the other thing. That's based on that premises. Bringing people that know the struggle to help the people going through the struggle. Doesn't mean the struggle's not over with for you. <clears throat> we go along there. And we gotta, you need to practice. You need to practice. You should have two or three scenarios in your head. You know, go along there. God's gonna bring somebody to your life that's struggling the way you are. Hey, you know what? Yeah, you know, man, you know, your wife won't get along, boy. Why do you know that? Or, man, finances aren't good, boy. Why do you ever know that? IRS call, boy. Why do you ever know that? You know, I know this can go on down the road. Because I've been in a lot of battles. But every valley I've been in, Christ has met me there and pulled me out. That's the witness. And man, you know what? Christ pulled me out. He gave me Ramsey uh, finances. He gave me Crown Royal finances. He brought somebody into the church or somewhere at the time that I was able to straighten out. Boy, don't tell you what today, I got a retirement account. The future looks good because I put my trust in Christ. That's the witness. Don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be anything. You just need to share with people what God's doing in your life today. It's that simple. And when they reject you, 
and they will. All that stuff there, all that stuff there. When they reject you, and they will. They didn't reject you, they rejected God. Moving on, moving on down the road. Look, you got no skin off your back, we got to go here. And so my question is, as we close the sermon now, what kind of witness are you? After today, how do you live your life? Who have you shared the gospel with, the good news, what God is doing in your life today? When something good happened, has happened, you say, hey, look, the Lord bless me. And this is what I did, and this is how he blessed me. Or, hey, look what I did. I worked extra hours and got a bigger paycheck. No, the Lord gave you the strength to work extra hours to get a bigger paycheck. So my question is, what kind of witness are you? And can God count on you to share good news with those that he brings into your life, those around you? As we prepare our hearts to play the last song, if you realize that you have not been a good witness, you have failed, you have not heard the cry of need, you have failed God and will be doing what he needs to do, you to do, man, the communion rail is open. Come to him. God is calling you today into a deeper relationship with him. Let us pray. Dear Lord, our heavenly Father, Lord, as the pastor of the church, I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm going to hopefully speak for at least two or three people here today. Lord, we have not been a good witness. We have not heard the cry of the needy. We have not heard the oppressed. We have not gotten off our duff to go out and do anything positive, good work for you, Lord. And Lord, we ask for forgiveness. And Lord, we know you are faithful to forgive. And for that, Lord, we are truly thankful. And Lord, we ask you this in the name of Jesus.